from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. It was so funny. I use that bowl all the time. And I just think it was the sweetest thing that like my dad was in a pottery class and put moist on this thing he created. And um, I just one day felt like I had to share it with whoever ran the Facebook. (laughs) You know, I use this bowl all the time that my dear old dad made in his pottery class with (laughs) moist on it. It's so funny. Anyways, they asked if they could share it. And I was like, Dad, you're going to be, your your stoneware's famous. <laughs> I've only ever had one social media celebrity interaction in my life. Years and years mm-hmm. ago, Renee and I were watching Mary Poppins. And I tagged Rosie O'Donnell. I tweeted at Rosie O'Donnell to be like, watching Mary Poppins and chatting about that time Dick Van Dyke did Step in Time on the Rosie O'Donnell show or whatever I said. And I got this message back and it was Rosie O'Donnell responding going, my favorite episode ever. Holy shit. <laughs> and so I was in the cool. kitchen and Renee was like looking at my phone and be like, who's this bitch texting you or whatever, right? And it was Rosie <laughs> O'Donnell. We were both like, yeah! Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it was it was a fun memory. The one time Rosie O'Donnell tweeted at me. That's sweet. <laughs> I wish I knew what tweeting was. One day. <laughs> Um, I did notice for a while that the official seal was looking at my stories, musician seal. And I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, that was (laughs) hilarious. How random. Hmm, quite. In in those cases, you never know if it's actually the person, right? You know, it could just be like some PR agency that they've hired. It's true. And with the moist thing, I was like, well, I kind of hope someone from the band looks at this. And then I got a little pissy pants because everyone started posting their moist stuff and Jeff Pierce the bassist started like writing on everyone's being like how cool how awesome I'm like um can you acknowledge mine please (laughs) (laughs) you don't even (laughs) (laughs) god oh dear well welcome back to another episode of life labyrinth podcast my name is Bryn I'm Angie we are recording again late Friday night keeping Angie up eastern time zone Steven is still absent. We wish him well. He's very busy. I don't think he's even having time to listen to the the CDs. The CDs. Listen to how old I am. <laughs> I have this on CD. So that's, that's fair. Um, but I love you that you said on record, which somehow is cooler and, and more modern, I guess. Yeah, totally. Also, can I just tell you, um, hey, Steven, if you ever listen, if you are listening, that was the first time I've ever seen you. Brayden posted a picture of you on Instagram, and as much as I have chatted with you, that was the first time I ever saw you. That was fun. I've got a side profile of Steven, and don't be mad, Steven, because I posted a far worse photo of myself. Yours is at least modern. You're smiling. It's in profile. You look good. I posted a photo of myself with probably the worst beard I've ever had back in 2007. <laughs> Mine's all, my picture is also a hard medium there. So it wasn't like we were glamour shots, but it was so fun. It was so fun <laughs> to see Steven because with all this technology, I have never seen him. Yes. For those of you listening, Angie and I do video chat while we record, but Steven was always a little bashful and he wouldn't join us on video chat. So he has remained an enigma in Angie's life. He is just a voice <laughs> coming through a speaker a la Charlie's Angels. Yes. So that's... He, did, I, he didn't at me and be like, dude, what the fuck's my picture doing on Instagram? So <laughs> I was kind of expecting that. 
It's only uh, Instagram story, so it was gone in 24 hours anyway. Yeah, good. There was also a a pipe in front of me, which I thought was great. I'm like, oh, yeah, solid. (laughs) I remember taking those photos at that party that was at um, our friend Rochelle's old apartment. McLaren! Yeah, at some good times there. That That was the place where I poured a bottle of red wine that you guys said was gross in the back of her toilet. And she went and went pee, and I heard the toilet flush, and she just started like, Brian! Because <laughs> obviously all this red wine came out into the toilet bowl after she went pee. So anyway, fun times, fun memories. But yes, I remember taking those photos and the pipe was in them. And I have a picture of you actually smoking that cigarette oh, pipe. Yeah. And when I posted them on Facebook, way back in 2007, when Facebook was new and shiny and not invading everybody's privacy I'm necessarily. sure I made you take it down. Um, you told me to hide it from your mother. Yeah, mom, <laughs> get out of my face about it. yeah for sure so what are we listening to this week okay so do i think this is our final heartbreak yada 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 february Mm -hmm. fuck valentine's day vd day vd day (laughs) heartbreak album so i pitched a a perfect circles uh mer de nom um Well, they're from California, so I'm sure it's Mare de Noms. Uh, <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Mare de Noms. So, yeah, this is obviously the dude from Tool, who I've written it down 17 times. It's Maynard James Keenan and not James, sorry, John Maynard Keynes, who is famously an English economist. <laughs> For some reason, you know when you do something incorrect once and you never, ever can correct it ever again? You just that's lock what in I'm, on it? <laughs> it's just done. And every time I have to talk about him, I'm like, May Keens, Maynard, James, fuck. So I have it written down very largely here. Maynard, James, Keenan. But if you're pumped about economics keynesian economics is quite interesting (laughs) (laughs) i did actually learn about that in school possibly right before i dropped economics because i realized i was failing it outlandishly (laughs) so perfect circle this is a side project although i kind of get the idea that this band was quite successful to the point that they didn't like using the uh, side project or when they use the word side project, they were saying this is one of the most successful side projects in the rock industry almost ever. I'm sure right. people can argue that, whatever I fucking read it on an article. Yeah, so it's the lead singer from Tool, Maynard James Keenan. And the only other constant musician in this is Billy Howardell, who I did not know, but he's a guitar, former guitar tech for Nine Inch Nails and Tool and the Smashing Pumpkins. Well, I, I'm going to interject because the individual in this band that I know and I'm a fan of is James Aya, guitar so player he, from Smashing Pumpkins. Is he yes. not in it? He is apparently currently in it, but the only two people who have, because they have gone on hiatus, come back together, gone on hiatus, come back together, and depending, because of, of course, Tool's crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of get... The understanding that it's not always the same people, but yes, that name is definitely on here. And they refer to Perfect Circle as kind of a rock super group. And when you read all the people that are kind of like passing in and out, it's, yeah, it's definitely like 
Primus, Marilyn Manson, Smashing Pumpkins. It's it really is um, some music heavyweights. Yeah. So this was their first album. This was their um, debut album as a side project. Okay. Came out in 2000, or 1999, no, 2000, which freaks me out because, yeah, it's 21 years old. Can you believe the year 2000 was 21 years ago? Jesus, fuck. I think I was saying that a couple episodes ago, and, like, there's this YouTube channel I love called Vice Grip Garage, because I'm one of those people that likes to watch guys in the States with more money than me bring back to life cars that have been parked for, like, a million years. Mm -hmm. And he'll always be like, oh, this car hasn't been on the road in 20 years, so you can see the last registration here was year 2000. I'm just like... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's shocking. It's shocking to me because I, like, I think I said this last episode, I, I removed 10 years for some reason. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, 2000. Anyways, so this was their debut album. I guess this hit me. I definitely remember listening to this nonstop when I lived in England. I was 18 and broody and uh, but this would be the perfect soundtrack to that kind of being out on my own and and constantly depressed but partying and having a great time but depressed mm. about it and and meeting all kinds of new people but i i love this album and i really loved listening to it again and i think it's man got some power behind it so i could ramble on about it but what uh, how did you feel about it uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm glad to hear you can ramble on about it, because we usually go for about an hour, so we're like, well, just button this up in ten minutes. It'll certainly, <laughs> make the, uh, it'll certainly make the editing a lot quicker, but... <laughs> No, I thought it was really good. I've never, I've never really been a Tool fan. I think I've really only heard, and and I recognize that Tool fans like a Perfect Circle is not Tool, and it's a bone of contention. And I'm not going to compare them because again, I'm I don't really know one or the other. But I've really only heard. I think I've I've watched like Tools set at Woodstock '94 or '99 or something, and I've heard the newest Tool album that came out like last year. Yeah. Other than that, Tool is pretty much a dark hole for me. Maynard James Keenan is a dark hole for me. I think I quite often confuse him with Trent Reznor, so... Sure, that's valid. <laughs> Which, again, I'm sure people want to beat me up for, but this is the first time I've ever said it out I loud. I mean, I so. do a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I do say his name correctly, so... I don't think I would, like, see them in a lineup and be like, oh, man, that's him and that's him. But I, I totally get that. Okay, awesome. But it was it was a really cool experience for me. And although I'm kind of only just now realizing that James Aya wasn't in the band when they recorded this album. Oh, okay. Um, which is hilarious, because all the way through, I was like, oh, man, you can really hear, like, James Aya's guitar in this. <laughs> like, I can hear a lot of, like, late Smashing Pumpkins and blah, blah, blah. And I was just Projecting. like, I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even look at the personnel. I was just like, I know for a fact James I is in this band. Mm. But I was wrong. So uh, I guess I'll just eat that crow and <laughs> just scratch off all of those notes. I even had a funny story about James I that I'll just share. Yeah, please do. Because it's now going to be completely irrelevant for the rest of the episode. But when A Perfect Circle played at Blues Fest, when Renee was there working as um, part of their staff, James I apparently refused to go on stage until they found him this crazy like rare cheese that's apparently made by monks oh yeah is it canadian i have no idea okay that's hilarious 
But yes, apparently it was in his rider, and Renee said that a fairly significant portion of the Blues Fest staff was sent out into the world to find this cheese, so the perfect circle would go on. <laughs> oh my god! That's a great story. I would also I have weird cheese on my rider. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, does he really need the cheese? Or is it sort of like the way that Van Halen did the brown M&Ms? Or it was, if they knew if there was brown M&Ms in the dressing room, that the rider had actually been read. So all of their, like, safety requirements for their stage had actually been read as well. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's a good test. So, which I, I enjoy that story because for years it was like, people were like, oh, you know, they put it in there just because they were big rock stars and they could be difficult, right? And it even made it into like Wayne's World 2. Yeah, that's what they, I thought. Yeah, no, David Lee Roth, um, there's a video of him doing an interview about it. Um, you can find it on YouTube pretty easily. And he basically said that our stage was like, we had such a huge light rig and our stage was so complicated to put together and we needed so much power for it. It was huge, huge safety concerns, and it had to be built correctly, or we would all be in danger as well as the audience. So they put brown M&Ms only. They wanted a bowl of only brown M&Ms in because he knew if he walked into a dressing room and didn't see them, that their rider wasn't red. That's amazing. And then they knew that at that point, they had to go and completely double check everything about the stage construction. Uh, what year was it when the Blues Fest stage fell down? <laughs> Is that uh, why? It was, I think it was the year after Okay. the year Renee was there. I think so. I was going to say, maybe that had happened the year before and he was like, this is the test and you failed and we're not going out there. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think so. So it was probably summer of 2009 that she worked there, I think. Maybe 2010. But it was summer of 2009 or 2010 she was there. Oh, I thought they were in Ottawa in 2011. Maybe it was 2011. Those few years that I was in Edmonton and she and I were separated are a bit of a blur for me. Okay. You know, I don't remember any year. I just remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I don't, because I wasn't living, like we lived literally half a world apart from each other. Our relationship wasn't good. So I don't remember specifically what year, because I quite often have to remind myself that I moved to Edmonton in 2009, but I moved to Edmonton in January of 2009. Right. So a lot of my memories and I'm like, that was 2010 because I'd already been here. It's like, no, 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 no. That was 2009. That was my first year here. So you could, it, it's probably 2011 and I'm remembering wrong. I was shocked that they were in Ottawa in 2011 because I was like, where was I? It, or maybe <laughs> I was just on my high horse about boycotting Blues Fest, which I did for a long time. But I, I'm kind of surprised I didn't uh, make the effort to go see them. But I did see them at Somersault 2000. Oh, <laughs> and I have a very vivid memory of calling into the radio station to win tickets because I did this all the time because I was always listening to the radio. I was just like music obsessed. Uh, I would start screaming if like a band I love single came on, if it was new, yada, yada. So mm -hmm. I called in for tickets and I had to list all of the bands on the main stage for Somersault 2000 and I missed one. Oh, no. And it was a perfect circle. Oh. I couldn't for the life of me remember. And I was so like pissed because I know all this stuff. Yeah. I was the musical, you know, 90s, 2000s hero. Anyways, I totally didn't get the tickets. <laughs> but I did go anyways and see them live. And I have a very weird memory of Maynard James Keenan. Because I think I read somewhere that... He 
wore wigs when he was playing with the perfect circle to be completely different from Tool because he's oh. bald. So I do remember kind of a long-haired dude, and I remember him being far older than I thought he was going to be. And at one point, he's kind of egging on the girls in the audience to take off their shirts, and nobody does it because he just seemed old. <laughs> like, just way too eager. Like, it was so funny. It just, I remember having a good laugh at that. Everyone not complying with the request <laughs> to get naked. Everyone's like, woo, no, it's cool. Woo. <laughs> we're just going to keep our cardigans on if that's cool. There's a nip in the air, it's, you know. It's... We're good. We're good, actually. <laughs> I love, I love those moments when musicians just fall flat on their face versus others that seem so cool you see that and it's like you know like, yeah let's see some tits it's like crickets it's like yeah. a simpsons episode <laughs> it was it was super funny That's and i awesome. didn't know what he looked like at all because when i saw pictures of him i thought oh i don't remember this dude at all <laughs> oh no he didn't get your shirt up either i guess no but funny story oh Hmm, was it Somersault 2000? I think it was. Uh, I'll have to fact check this. No, it's okay. We don't fact check anything. There's no way for me to confirm nor deny. I've never yeah, seen perfect. it. Yeah, my, perfect. It's my memory. I had just bought a t-shirt. I'm embarrassed to say it might have been either Blink-182 or Sum 41. Fuck off. And I'd gone right into the mill of the mosh pit and someone fell down on me, but their, but their leg went through my top of my shirt and ripped the shirt off that I had just bought. <laughs> it, and it was pretty funny because I wasn't mm, ever in shape. I think I had to go find my old shirt. But I was... <laughs> long walk back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a little bit topless for a hot second at possibly Somersault 2000. <laughs> or just had this like flaccid Sum 41 tank top falling off of me. The mm. natural state of a Sum 41 tank top, I think, is flaccid. <laughs> not the erect version, of course. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god. They're not, they're not pert. <laughs> That's uh, funny. That's a good story. I have no fun. I ended up half nude at a concert stories. I feel like that's my only one. I have lots of like weird stories of getting into mosh pits and... I have a couple of fearing for my life moments. Okay. Which are which is a great story. I was even at a mosh pit once in upstate New York where they shut down the concert because someone had to go to the hospital and I think they died. And we were there. <laughs> but I was always in the mosh pit. I didn't care. I was uh, it was my happy place. <laughs> yeah, I would I I am so bummed out now at the age I am going to concerts and just, you know, trying to get a bit of a mosh pit started. It's like, oh, and I'm going to hurt myself. Don't touch me. Uh, it's it's sad. It's sad. I just want to jump around and hit some sweaty people and get taken away with the music. But no, they offer seats now. Rude. I hate it. <laughs> when we finally get back to concerts, it'll be all social distancing. Oh, my mosh God. Mosh pit from six feet away. <laughs> Please, I can't. You go to a concert and like there'd be a chair, your seat, and then two more that have paper on them that say "Do not sit here," and, <laughs> and, then... <laughs> and like glass things in between everyone, yeah. and you're like, yeah. "Woo!" 
<laughs> Rock oh, and roll. I'm not interested oh, in that. Okay. I actually didn't go to concerts for a while because there was a couple years where all the concerts I went to had seats. I remember going to mm. see Matt Good at the NAC and I was like, do I have to sit down the whole time? No, no. And then I went to see Half Moon Run and it was also seats. And I just decided then and there, unless I can jump around, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. It's weird to go to concerts where it's like an auditorium. Because Renee and I went and saw the Decemberists at the Windspear in Edmonton, which is basically our NAC. Okay. National Arts Center, for those of you who don't live in Ottawa. So basically, it's like where orchestras play. And when musicals come to town, they go there, right? Like, that's that's what the Windspear is. So we went and saw the, December, the Decemberists there. And yeah, so we're just sitting there just like in a seat with the, the like, you know... A few years later, maybe you'd go see Rent in or something like that, right? And it was just like, it was really, it, it, it feels like you have to be proper. It makes me feel like when you watch old concert videos from like the 60s and 70s and everybody's just, the, the guys on stage are just rocking their faces off and it cuts to the audience and they're just like sitting there in a field just listening. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Do you toe tap? Do you slap your, I mean, music moves you. Don't you want to? feel it and get involved i don't understand the i don't know this this the sits yeah i don't know why you go to a concert and sit even if there's a chair there it's like if you're in the upper deck or something like you want to go see so many end up at crap seats yeah um at an arena like there's but you still stand yeah so know. my two rules now when i got back into the concert scene was no seats good tickets only so i'm either ga right in the front or I'm not going. Yeah. Which is, I played this game really well recently. Did I tell you this story about going to see Matt Good and Our Lady Peace? No. And the, the tickets were so overpriced, and I knew that they wouldn't sell. And I played the game up until the night before, and right before the night before, they opened up the front row, like, seating. Nice. And I got it for cheap, and I was smack in the front, dancing my little <laughs> heart out. Nice. But yeah, I just I'm I'm not going to enjoy it if I'm if I'm on my bum. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few concerts from the upper deck and I didn't mind it. I think the worst experience I ever had at a concert from the upper deck. Anyway, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I I think I want to go and like be in it. Like when I saw Ramstein, we had general admission. We were like two people back from the stage, right? When I saw Green Day right against the stage, just like right in the right in the crush, right? It was just. Yeah. That's so much more fun. It feels like you actually can go and have a concert experience. And that's especially as Canadians, where it's like, you know, if you're up at the, in the seats or something, you don't want to be like, oh, am I am I interrupting? Are you sit? Are you not sitting? Are you sitting behind me? I don't want to like stand and like get in your way. And yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Whereas if you're on the floor, you can actually cut loose like you're in a field or something like that. So I yeah. completely agree with you. And so when you saw a perfect circle, was that your experience were you kind of upfront oh, and stuff it was in a field uh so somersault was all outdoors it was at rito carlton raceway and i was definitely 30 feet from the stage nice and actually i feel like that might have been the concert where the surge got so crazy actually before moist it was big wreck going on and on and on with that song called that song and it kept going and it kept going and I was losing my mind because I knew Moist was coming up and it was like oh my god and the crowd started getting intense and at, and that's when I realized that my feet weren't on the ground oh, I had wow. I wasn't I wasn't 
solidly based on anything. And the lady behind me could kind of see the fear because if I didn't land it, I was going under. Right. And um, this large woman grabbed me and Jess and pulled us out because she just saw the look of, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, it was really funny. I I think about that lady a lot when I'm in mosh pits. Where's the lady to save me? <laughs> God bless enormous ladies. Just like <laughs> the, the, what is it? Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. Is that her name? Gwen- oh, I, you're, it's going to be lost on me, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um, I am just a sucker for a large woman. I'm big, tall women. Yes, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, she saved our lives. That, well, it didn't save our lives, but she certainly she certainly rescued us that day. I got it right. Gwendolyn Christie. She is just this tall, sturdy woman. Gorgeous. Like, uh, oh, is she blonde? She's blonde. She was in Star Wars as well. She played Captain Phasma. Guess what? Also don't know that reference. Fair enough. <laughs> she was basically a non-entity in Star Wars anyway. Um, she was completely miscast and underused, and it was, a, it was a travesty. Anyway, but there's a character in Game of Thrones called the Mountain, and they should have... I've called... actually seen all of the Game of Thrones. I just have I have no... Okay, well, she was Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, okay. Okay, so anyway, Brienne of Tarth should have been called the Mountain, and I would climb that mountain, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> My When I first started dating my partner, he made us watch all of Game of Thrones after I made him watch all of Sons of Anarchy, as you do. And at the end of it, what felt like 8 million seasons, he's like, can you name one character off of this? I was like, um, Tardanigan. Um, <laughs> Swinging a miss. <laughs> um, Gunt Flantigan. He's like, fuck. He's like, we've literally been watching this for months. One character. I'm like, oh, the guy that looks like Justin Bieber? Not a guy's name. I'm like, uh, Dinklage? Not a character name. Uh, Still nothing. right, though. Yeah, I had zero. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> but I recognized uh, the one you just said. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie? No, I recognized the character name. Brienne of Tarth. Yes. Which is already gone, as you can see. That's fair. I'm like Beth of Tardigan. <laughs> Maynard James Keenan. <laughs> John Maynard Keynes. Yeah, so for all you large, tall, sturdy women out there, just know that you have Hit a, up Bryn you, on Instagram. <laughs> slide into my DMs. Uh, just, yeah, hit me up. I'm, I, I probably won't respond, but I will be so grateful. <laughs> Bless. I, I don't need that kind of drama in my life, but just know that you have a fan in me. I'm I'm rooting for you. That's awesome. <laughs> We're gonna find you a lady on here <laughs> called Beth of Tardigan. <laughs> <laughs> just to be Michael Scott about it. Like, what are our kids gonna be like? Oh, they're gonna have all three of our names, like my last name plus of Tardigan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, you just the- hyphenate it. Yeah, sounds like my own children. My own children. All I have three children. They each have a different legal last name because uh, that's what we always chose to argue and fight about. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I yeah. yeah, I I can see that being an argument. Oh, it was a huge fucking argument. And the, because my my son, he's not my biological son. So when he was born, he just got his mother's last name, which is already hyphenated. Right. My first daughter has her mother's hyphenated last name and then my last name. No hyphen. Oh. So it's just 
name hyphen name space name. Oh shit. And then our youngest daughter just has my family name. Oh, okay. We we had talked about changing our daughter, our first daughter's name back to just mine because Renee at the time was like I recognize it's a little ludicrous and maybe right. it's not quite as important as I thought. And then we separated and that wasn't and we couldn't even get along about it at our best in the relationship. We certainly weren't going to come to any kind of conclusion about it being separated. <laughs> so yeah. So when I go to the pharmacy, so like my daughter goes to school <laughs> and she's my they just call her my last name. But like we had to go to the pharmacy and get a prescription for her. And I was like, yeah, for, uh, you know, so-and-so my last name. And they were like, who? Look at me. They're like, we don't have that. I was like, well, here's her birthday. They're like, oh, name hyphen name, last name? <laughs> yes. So it's like, I, it depends oh, on literally where we take this poor girl. Because on her health card, it's like, it, it has her first initial, her middle initial, and then her three last names. Because there's not enough room for her whole, anyway. Oh, it's wow. it's a whole thing. None of this has anything to do with the perfect circle. We've been talking for thirty minutes and almost haven't <laughs> discussed the the album um, at all. Can I just add one point that's also not related to perfect circle? I have this same argument because we I, I'm not close with my partner's family at all, and if we ever have kids, it feels really insane to for them to take his last name when we don't have a whole lot going on with his family. But we certainly can't give them my last name because it's it's a difficult one. It's one that you have to overcome. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of uh, bullying attached to it. I mean, I think it makes you a better person. I think it makes me the funny person that I am today because I had to laugh it off my whole life. Sure. But there's just an added layer with having a last name where there's a body part and an alcohol in it. It's not easy being a penis, Jen. <laughs> God, I wish it was penis gin, too. <laughs> You're like, I love both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. I'm changing my name tomorrow. I actually, at one point, our arguments when our first daughter was on the way were so bad that I was like, why don't we just choose a new family name? We've, I've already we'll, pitched that. And we'll all just become the sexsmiths or something. And she was like, that's stupid. And I brought it up later. I was like, what I, I suggested that. And I was like, then I am not asking you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. I'm not asking you to take my last name. I'm not asking you to give the children my last name. We love each other. We're having a family. Our entire family lives on the other side of the country. We really don't have any association with them at all. And our children certainly won't, aside from like a Zoom call or whatever. Why don't we just all start a new start family. Again. We'll just start. We'll just pick a new last name that we both love. We'll start a new family and we will just be that. And she was like, that's stupid. And I was like, I disagree. But she apparently later on was like, you never said that. I don't remember that. And I was like, yes, I did. Because when you turned it down and told me it was stupid, I was devastated because I knew that it was never going to be solved. <laughs> <laughs> I have pitched combining our name. And I don't think this gives away the last names, but my two pitches of combining our names are Butt Cave or Cave Butt. <laughs> also, great. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Butt Cave being a problem. No. <laughs> no, not, that doesn't right? turn into anything bully-wise. No. Um, <laughs> perfect circle. You know. So you enjoyed it. I did. I really enjoyed listening to it, but I found it completely unmemorable. If that makes sense. Yeah, there is something with this album where three, like I skip every third song, but the songs that I love, I love. I love Judith. 
I, I can hear, listen to it over and over again. It's so like strong and powerful and hard. Hello. And I can, <laughs> and the breakup one is three Libras. I can, that just reminds me of just being a sobby, stroppy teenager. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't think I had any kind of, I didn't have an emotional connection with any of these songs. The biggest challenge I think I had listening to this album, honestly, was logistics of this week. I quite often listen to these albums while I work. And this week, our dispatcher was on holiday, so I was responsible for answering our work phones. Mm. So I couldn't just put the album on and just kind of lose myself in listening to it. I couldn't turn it up really loud because if I was listening to the album really loud, because the phone rings on my computer. Our phones at work are, are piped right. through Microsoft Teams. So if I turn it up, so I'm just like really in it in my headphones and it's super loud. All of a sudden, it's just like, it's like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I'm just like tearing. And it's like, I'm trying to answer the phone. And then the person on the other end is like cranked way the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And so I just couldn't give it the time it deserved. Um, I tried to listen to it in the car, but like my drives are like 20 minutes back and forth. And honestly, like I kind of just want to do podcasts when I'm driving because that's kind of my time for that. So I really, I feel like maybe if I'd been able to give this album more of the of the listens and the, and the attention that I give to our music choices normally, maybe I would have connected with it more. I really enjoy listening to it all the way through. I didn't, you know, spoilers jumping ahead. Like, I don't find that I had a songbird on this album. I mean, I, the last song on the album sounds a bit odd, but I think to be like, oh, well, the last album, like, I, I don't think that really counts as a songbird. Right. Because we've also had conversations on the podcast before about the last song on an album and like, the, the choices they make with it and stuff. So that's the last song in the album, which is called Over, funny enough. Oh, with the the gourd metal beep beep Yeah. So it's sort of weird, but it, I, wouldn't, I don't know. I don't really think it's a yeah. songbird. For those of you who have never listened to our podcast before, songbird is usually a segment we do at the end of the episode. But since I brought it up, do you have one? No. Okay. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, a songbird is basically named for the song Songbird on uh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album. And it's basically a, a song that isn't necessarily a bad song. It's a really nice song, but it doesn't match the flow of the album. So it really yanks you out of like your listening experience. Maybe Judith brings me out of it because it was like their power hit and some of them are slow and whatever. And then this one comes on and I just think it's fucking powerful yeah but i don't think it takes me on a bad way it just maybe takes me up another level mm. it is a bit of a jump from the end of rose which is sort of yes. sort of str like strings and stuff yeah and then yeah like dun, 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 dun. yeah then it, then the guitars Ooh, like, i want to listen to it again right now <laughs> i actually so. do have it in my five disc changer over there and it's been in there for probably five years nice a point that I wanted to bring up because I had it written down as something important to say is this was the highest selling debut album for a rock band ever. Wow. And they debuted at number four on Billboard 200. Wow. Obviously, they had a little bit of backing being the lead singer of Tool and being involved with all these big bands. So it's not really fair but still impressive. And I know you brought up Tool and I think we have to talk about Tool. What surprises me is how different this is from Tool, but maybe I've really deluded myself. I am also not a crazy Tool fan to the point where I know their songs. I know what it sounds like. I can pick it up in a second, mm -hmm. but I've never listened to a full album. 
And then I've done a, an about face where my partner has really got into Tool, so I have to hate it. Okay. Unfortunately, that's uh, just the dynamic. Also, because we had a road trip and we made a playlist and he put on like 12 Tool songs that all sounded the exact fucking same and all went <laughs> on for eight minutes of like, and I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm kind of out. I'm kind of out with this. <laughs> but what I did was go back and listen just tonight to a couple of the Tool songs that I thought I knew and I did. And they're great. They're good. It just seems like a very different style. And I think it's really says a lot about Maynard James Keenan. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, she just read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know when you're, it's a, it's the same singer and it's a different brand and you're like, wow, it's always that guy. Like, yes, it is always that guy, but the sound I find quite distinct. And I know when reading about them, they were really obsessed with it being different. This is not Tool. This is this. This, the, the artistic direction for this band was not the Tool dude. It was the other dude. Yeah. It was Bill Howardell. 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 <laughs> and apparently he kind of came up with the sound and everything. And he wanted uh, a female singer. And hmm. Maynard Buddy was like, or this, or me, which would have been a really different vibe. But yeah, it's not, it's not Tool. It's very different. And I understand that they always have to compare it, but. I I know it's sacrilegious, but I like this better than especially Tool's new stuff. Holy shit, it's repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when if and when Steven comes back, it'd be cool to visit Tool at some point because maybe I'd be interested to hear his thoughts. For me, Tool is a complete mystery. I do know the song with that really like famous bass opening to it, like ding 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 ding, yeah. whatever that song is. I know the pieces. <laughs> And that's all I know. <laughs> and I, like I said, I've heard the newest album a few times, but it was at the job that I shared with Steven. So it was on literally a Bluetooth speaker in a gas station. You also probably know this song. You must have been high. You must have been high. I don't recognize that version, but I may, okay, I may well, have heard you. it. <laughs> I'm exactly spot on. And if you don't recognize that version, you're not going to recognize the regular version. <laughs> you just No, you just I was definitely know. way off. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be cool i mean it's they're one of those bands where it's just like i've known so many people that love them and it's almost like 50 million elvis fans can't be wrong so it's like i think the fans are intense too yeah so it's it's been always been sort of my intention at some point to not necessarily get into tool but like give the tool a chance and uh <laughs> again this is sort of we're why we're saying. doing this but Give you're yes, but you're if you're in a position where like you're sort of inundated with it forcibly, and I had know nothing about it, we kind of need that third. Yeah. We need that. We need Stephen to need come Steven. on board and talk about why it's all sort of trancy and he hates it. <laughs> you think he hates Tool? I have no idea. He doesn't I, like metally stuff though. No, I mean, but I don't know if Tool's that metal. metally. They're pretty alternative. Anyway, this, we're not talking about Tool. We're gonna. We may actually get some listener, some activity on our social media if we keep talking about them when we're talking about a perfect circle. Tool is pretty good, but I like a perfect circle, and I'll fight you on it. Tool is a band that led to this, and now we're listening to this. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I thought it was boy. great. Um, I really liked the album. I wish I could have given it more 
of the time and attention that I normally give to our song, our songs, to our choices. I just didn't, but I really, I really liked it. I didn't have a song, like I said, I didn't really connect with any of the songs. A lot of it just sort of sounded similar, and I sort of struggled. You didn't think the thinking of you one sounded like the most intense, murdery, stalkery song you could think of? Thinking of you, thinking of you. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't even remember it. Oh, I've listened no. to it. You I have know, failed your homework this week. I, I really have. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Fail. no, it's fine. I, I know. I listen. I straight up listen to the album more than I've listened like some of them, like. There's been some albums that we've had, and I just have not found the time to listen to them more than once or twice. I probably listened to this four or five times at least, all the way through. But I was always distracted, and I think that's part of the problem. Where like, it was just background. It was always background. It was like ambient music for me. I very rarely listen to them all the way through because it's like, who the fuck has the time? Or if you are, you're kind of you're right. It's background music, so I don't like. I don't think that's the end of the world, but um... yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not like sitting in a chair with headphones on, just being like, "Yes, go I'm, on." I'm giving this the 45 to 55 or a 90, <laughs> whatever, however long it is, minutes that it deserves. I don't even listen to it on my walks because that's my podcasting time. Yes, and I think podcasting time is important, which is yeah. why we have one. Give us the time. Thank you for your time. Aren't podcasts great? I, love I think them. so. I like. I them. listen to uh, like an hour and a half of podcasts every day. I'm really, I'm a little bit obsessive. I like going back and revisiting podcasts that I haven't listened to in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm re- I've am i recently started listening to, this is really going to out me as a massive dork, but I listen to Trek Geeks about Star Trek. Oh boy. So, <laughs> yeah, just to pump the brakes though. They have this segment where they do see it or skip it for seasons of the shows. Okay. And those are the only episodes I listen to. So they get a guest on, and they go through, like, they went through all of Next Generation, they went through Deep Space Nine, they've now just finished Voyager. Um, I like those, because it's sort of fun to hear them talk about each in each episode, and then sort of a, like, we like this or we hate it, see it or skip it, um, for a couple of hours, and then it's done. I don't listen to any of the ep- They have, like, entire episodes on one, epi- on one episode of Star Trek. Oh, wow. From- They'll have, you know, they'll talk about characters. They'll be like, so this week we're going to talk about, you know, Jadzia Dax or something like the history. Like, I have no. Oh, I thought you just. In... I thought you just sneezed. <laughs> Bless you. No, I thought you just sneezed. No. What did you just say? They listen to an episode called Jet uh, on like a character like Jadzia Dax. Yeah, I thought you sneezed. Oh no. <laughs> as I opposed was like, to what the fuck is that? As opposed to Ezri Dax. <laughs> Anyway, I know you're not a Star Trek fan, but it's like I, I found that they've now finished the Voyager stuff, so I've gone back and listened to them, and it's just fun. It's like I like having, I mean, you listen to way more podcasts than I do, but I like having that sort of rotation where it's like I can kind of step away from something for a while and come back and be like, oh, there's all this new stuff. Yeah, I do listen to a lot, and it's interesting that you say you re-listen. I have never re-listened to anything except for one and I put it on often just when I need to feel good. Uh-huh. My my dad wrote a porno. Okay. It's the, it's the funniest thing I have ever heard. I mean, I've been meaning to get into it. It's on my, I follow it. But I think I misspoke because I've never gone back and re-listened to anything. Okay. I mean, I mean, going back to a podcast you haven't listened to in a while. It's like, got it, got you know, it, maybe it. you spend like, you know, a month, like just pounding through a bunch of their episodes. 
and then you just and then you just forget about them for like six months or something like that and then it's like oh yeah. yeah i haven't listened to them in ages and now they've got all this new stuff that i like yeah i love discovering a new one and going oh my god i have so much to listen to because i burn through it and usually on mondays i'm like oh my new podcasts are out and i listen to them all on my tuesday i'm like damn it <laughs> unlike our podcast where it's like what day is on what day am i gonna upload it who knows <laughs> <laughs> When it's done. <laughs> when it's complete. And yes. that's when it comes out. Yes. I take a very Brian Wilson ep- attitude about it. It's like, Brian, when can we have the album? When it's finished. <laughs> yeah. You'll have it when it's magic. And you yeah. can't rush magic. So. Yes. <laughs> sometimes I just need to spend an evening watching The Office. And sometimes I just need to, you know, not go from immediately finishing a podcast episode and posting it to starting to re- edit the next one i hear you and you're a hero for doing it oh i'm no hero i've given myself homework it's fun i complain about it a lot but ultimately it's like nobody's forcing me to do it we could very easily just have these conversations and not record them so and thanks so much for listening for those of you that do yeah and thanks, uh, everybody. check us out on instagram because we're trying we're trying oh my gosh please follow us on instagram i'm getting crazy with it i was posting stuff and uh, I'm getting pumped about it, so please follow us. Just if you if you're listening to us on iTunes and you want to give us like a good review or like hit us up. We have we have literally we see listenership, but we have no interaction with any of our listeners, and we want to hear about like, do you like the background music that we've started putting in our episodes? Do you <laughs> want us to stop doing that? <laughs> Angie's mom thinks we should stop. Angie's mom does, yeah. But I'm not sure if I can take that one feedback as true to form i kind of like the music sure i think additional feedback would be good so hit us up let us know albums to listen to we'll we'll even talk about them instead of just saying we listen to it and then talking about something else for an hour i mean isn't that the fun of it i think so i think we're we i think in this case we we are not crushing it like we did on atlantis but i think we're drifting we'll never, back we never to will. I think we're drifting back to a perfect circle enough. I think I just, I, I feel so badly because you're right. I sort of maybe dropped the ball, but I think emotionally I just didn't connect with it. And I didn't like, if you were like hum any song from this album for me, I couldn't do it. I literally re- retained none of it. I mean, that's like me every week when you refer to a song and I'm like, Oh my God, I need to play that to have any You're idea. Like, yes. But... Yes. While well, you randomly, well, you massively rapidly scrolled oh, back and put it back yeah. on. That was, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I've just listened to this album 800 times. So yeah. I, I know it well, but I'm whatever. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you didn't hate it. No, I, I think I'm definitely going to revisit it again. I like what it is. You know so, what I was going to say is I was reading that someone reviewed this as their least good album and hmm. their next three albums are better. I was like, what? Why am I the idiot that has never listened to any other album? <laughs> oh. Well, why don't we listen to another one before the end of 2021 and we'll discuss it again. Yeah. Maybe if you maybe you have to actually listen to it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll pick a week that our dispatcher isn't away at work. That's super funny. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on this? I found it a really enjoyable listening experience, but completely unmemorable. I think I think that's my biggest takeaway. I didn't have any particular issue with like the production of it. I liked the way it sounded. I liked the way the album flowed. I remember none of the lyrics. 
I make them up anyways. And I looked up the lyrics when I was listening this time, and I do I ever make them up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like I said, like we said earlier, I don't have a songbird for it. I don't have anything that I particularly disliked, but I don't have anything that, like, stood out to me and made me... Like, there was no, there was nothing, there's no hook, I guess, maybe because none of the songs are, like, hooky or anything. They just, they are, they're well-crafted and they're clever, but I just, none of it was memorable for me, but it wasn't a bad experience. I enjoy listening to this more than, like, the country album we listened to, and that wasn't necessarily a negative experience either, but I liked this more than that, and both of them, I'd say, were equally unmemorable. Maybe the Charlie Parker album was more memorable just because he kept saying thank you. (laughs) Charlie Pride, you mean? (laughs) Exactly. Charlie Parker is a completely different man. You're like, I don't know, it wasn't memorable. Johnny Bob, that's not his name. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, swing and a miss. I can Um, see that you've deleted his name already. I just, I'd never heard of him before he passed away. And then we listened to the album and it's just, it's so alien to me to listen Mm -hmm. to stuff like that. Stuff like this is kind of alien to me, too, in terms of the rock music I listen to. It's not usually this industrial, if this is even industrial. I don't know if this would classify it. We didn't know what prog rock was. We're just using (laughs) it however we see fit. I'd say, I know Tool, I think, is considered an industrial band. I know this is different. Don't at me. But I'm sorry. (laughs) I I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm blathering on and on, talking in a fucking, in a perfect circle about nothing. So please save our listeners and me from me and tell me what, tell me about your final thoughts on the album. I thought it was really funny when I Googled the perfect circle and it immediately came up with like the geometry of a circle. Oh, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh yeah. I, like I said, I love this album because I've listened to it so much. It was probably a really up and down crazy time in my life that I listened to it. I know it was because I was... 18 years old and living abroad and being crazy. But, uh, you know, every week was heartbreak, but also the most fun I've ever had. Sure. So I, and I kind of think that I have tried to listen to other Perfect Circle albums and been like, well, it's not my album. Like, this is so meaningful to me because of when I listened to it that I don't, I don't know if I care for the other stuff. So I I would like to try and listen to their other albums to see if this was just kind of a a one-off for me because it struck a chord and then I was obsessed with it forever. Right. But there are some, some powerful songs on here that I think I've heard Judith 8,000 times and I'm not sad about it. And I'll listen to it as soon as we stop and I don't care. (laughs) And Three Libras is for sure my sad song. For sure, okay. my sad, sad breakup song. Your bad, your sad song. Are you having a sad time? We're going to put on three Libras. <laughs> For sure. So we made it. We did um, Heartbreak uh, February. Congratulations from getting through this. It was difficult sometimes. <laughs> the last episode is probably going to land in March because I'm behind. But we did it. We did Heartbreak February. We didn't do Valentine's. We didn't do Love. We did Heartbreak. We did something different. Yes. No disrespect to Black History Month. We will always try and maintain a healthy dose of African American or African Canadian Black artists. Oh, or let's do it next year. You want to do Black artists next year? Hell yeah. Yeah, for Black History Month. I think that's a great idea. All right. So I guess I have to decide what we're doing for next week, don't I? Uh, no, Ben is. Is he coming next week? 
He's coming next week. I thought he was coming in two weeks. Okay, I'm excited. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I, I, he's on board for whenever. So whenever you want to throw him in. Tell you what. Why don't Why don't we do this? If he wants to come twice. Okay. I'll pick something for next week. He can come okay. on. Okay. Listen to the album. Come on. Talk to us about it. Join us. Suggest our episode for the following. Our, our album for the week after. Okay. We'll listen to it. that. And then we'll talk about it. And that way he can tell us why he's choosing something. I love it. So just a little back up a bit. We're, because we are without Steven, we thought it'd be fun to add in a third person, my brother. I mean, unfortunately, he's got a lot of the same musical taste as me, but also veers off dramatically. <laughs> is a big fan of the show and mentioned that he would love to be on it sometime. So I invited him and he's excited about it. So yeah, great. Pitch something for next week. He, I'm sure, is super pumped to listen to it. And then I already know what he's picking. Yeah, we've already discussed it. Cool. <laughs> so we had talked about me throwing a giant curveball in and doing like an instrumental record. And I think maybe that's not something I want to do because a perfect circle is kind of weird. <laughs> perfect circle was weird. And I, and I want to like do things that are not only interesting to us, but are interesting to listeners and stuff. So when I was editing our most, re our last episode that I posted, we went on this big rant about cartoons and stuff. And there's an artist that I think you are going to really like, and Ben might really like who does a lot of music for this show called final space. The artist is Shelby Mary, and she has a number of, of albums out, and it's really hard to choose <laughs> because they're all kind of EPs, but I am going to say, let's listen to her 2013 album, Young Guns. Got it. And there is, if you look at her Spotify, there is a song that's number two. It's a single called When the Darkness Comes. Mm -hmm. I would like us to tack that on to the end because it's more of an EP. It's only nine songs, but okay. it's, it's a pretty short album. And, and again, it's not going to be, it's only a 29 minute EP and we'll tack that other song on. A bit of a shorter uh, musical listening commitment for your brother as well because I don't really know his time frame and his how much time he has. Okay. So let's do Shelby Mary Young Guns and with a dessert helping of When the Darkness Comes. How about that? Love it. All right. I think you're going to like her. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did it. Not as good as our Atlantis episode. It's that Atlantis is going to be our high watermark for a while. Yeah. You just have to let it go. It was great. I don't know if we'll ever get there again because we were both just like outlandishly excited, but all good. Onwards and upwards to Shelby Mary. We'll talk to you later. And we'll keep you advised of if and when Steven's coming back. In the meantime, Angie's brother will come on. Renee, who is often referenced by name, is told us that she wants to come on. She has an, a podcast called Ravage Love. Check her out there. We're talking about maybe doing a month of musicals. And she just would not have it if we didn't invite her on to talk about <laughs> musicals. So stay tuned. We're going to try and keep the, you know, the third person in our and our podcast coming. We think it's a good addition. It's it's helpful to get someone that's not Angie and I who have all of this personal history where we just careen off in other directions. So <laughs> before I drag out this ending too long, thanks so much for listening. If you're still listening at this point and we will catch you next time. Take care. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth. <laughs>